Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. But number one in your notes is this. It's important to have vision, a picture of the future that produces passion. And that's why we prioritize something called Vision Sunday, Sunday, which we're doing today. I do it about twice a year. But I want you to hear me up front. It's not just about the vision of this house and this church. It's about reminding us that God has called all of us to be people of vision. Have you noticed that sometimes when, when you're dealing with discouragement or maybe frustration or, or paralyzed by worry, a lot of times if you really dig down with what's going in our heart, we've lost our vision for the future. We've lost our picture of the future that produces passion. Sometimes because we've been hurt, we've been through challenges, we get confused and we start running other directions, but following God's vision for us is absolutely essential. And I wanna start with a little experiment. And kids, I'm gonna need your help. Adults, you can participate too. I'm gonna ask you in a minute, if you like Thanksgiving better than Christmas, you're gonna cheer really loud and try to win. Or if you like Christmas better than Thanksgiving, you're gonna cheer really loud and try to win. So here we go. Where are my Thanksgiving people at? Okay. Not a very thankful church, I'm just saying. Where are my Christmas people at? I saw that coming. I saw that coming. Kids, why do you like Christmas more? Presents, Jesus. What I like about that experiment is whatever we feel most passionate about that's coming up is what we have the most vision for. That is the picture of the future that is producing the most passion for us. I remember when I was a, a young 23-year-old man, I met a young woman named Jessica who was 19, and it gave me a vision. There we are. That was our very first kind of date where I brought her to the church that I was on staff at, and uh, this was a church picnic. And do you like my Nemo shirt, kids? Any love for Nemo in here? We're so old that this picture is black and white. Do you guys realize that? <laughs> what I really want you to notice is, do you see the vision in my eye right there? I, I have met someone at this moment that is giving me a preferred picture of the future that is producing passion in me, but here's what I want you to notice. It changed how I lived. It changed what I pursued. It changed how I made decisions. In reality, everything... You can take the picture down, please, Steve. Thank you. In reality... <laughs> Everything we do in life is because we had a vision for it. We do not do anything until our brain tells us to start doing something. You, you don't even make dinner at night until you decide we should probably eat tonight and you make something or you go to the grocery store or you go to buy something. Um, here's another one. You don't brush your teeth unless you get a vision for brushing your teeth. Where are my parents at? Come on. Kids, you got to brush your teeth twice a day. And if you don't brush your teeth for a while, you're going to realize why you need that vision. And it leads to this next question. What causes vision to take root in us is when we realize that we are dissatisfied with the present reality. So if you don't brush your teeth for a while, you're going to have some, black, some plaque buildup. You're going to have some stinky breath. And I hope you will become dissatisfied with that present reality and will get a vision for brushing your teeth. And it may cause you to go buy a toothbrush, buy some toothpaste, make sure you have running water, prioritize that in the morning and at night. Who's with me? So there is a dissatisfaction with present reality that can be healthy. 
So there's a balance here with contentedness before the Lord, but in reality, we should acknowledge the things that we are dissatisfied in our present reality because it informs our vision. For instance, some are very serious. Not every person on our planet has access to water that's even drinkable. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that's not okay. Anybody with me? I am dissatisfied with that present reality. Therefore, we and others do things to be a part of providing clean water. And I'm gonna share at the end of this message something that we're gonna do at the beginning of next year. I don't think it's okay that kids get bullied in school, right? Now, how many have been bullied here before? Let, let the kids see all these hands. Probably a lot of us. Come on, adults. And raise your hand if you were the bully. No, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. We'll, we'll take care of you outside after. It all comes back around. But you know, when we realize we're not okay with bullying, we want to do something about bullying culture, right? And I know in my family, we try to teach our four kids that when they're at school, hey, if you see someone alone or if you see someone uh, in trouble or getting picked on, you go take care of them. You know what I mean? Don't let someone sit alone in the cafeteria. Certainly don't let someone sit alone uh, crying. Check out what's going on. Those are little ways where we try to, to send out into this world a vision because we're not okay with the present reality of bullying culture. And number two in your notes is just this fact stated. Vision begins with the dissatisfaction of the present reality. When I met Jessica, I became highly dissatisfied with the idea of life without her. Therefore, I did a lot to win her over. And I'm just gonna brag on myself. In three months, we were engaged, six months married. Now we have four kids, so come on. Chase your vision. When we get vision that takes root about problems, we think things like this. It would be unthinkable for, for me not to pursue this vision. That's how much this has taken root in me. And in a very serious way, one of the Old Testament prophets wrote about this. Listen to what he said. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? This is Habakkuk. Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. So he's crying out the same kinds of things that we're crying out today. We're not alone when we see our world and we're not okay with things that are happening. Habakkuk was crying out to God. And you guys know this, but right now in our world and in our own backyard, oftentimes in our homes, people can feel alone and hopeless. That's not okay. Many Christians are completely disillusioned in their faith. Some people claim Jesus but don't know him or follow him at all. There's something called human trafficking that still exists not only in our world, but in our nation, and sometimes much closer to home than we realize. Addiction runs rampant. Every person in here, I bet, has been touched by addiction, either yourself or someone you love. Relationships are often shallow and people take advantage of each other. Many worship money, fame, and power. You may be tempted around these things yourself. Depression and anxiety really seem to be on the rise. The stats would confirm that. Fear and hatred seem to be on the rise as well. People are desperate for purpose and trapped in selfishness. And so all these things are us looking around honestly and saying, I'm not okay with that out there. I'm also not okay with that in here. Because I'm not just pointing the finger here. When we're really honest about our seeking of God and about learning ourselves before him, we realize a lot of this stuff is in us. And it's good to say, I'm not okay with this. And here's what happened with Habakkuk. God spoke through him to the people right down 
the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. In other words, there's going to be a revelation that addresses all of these current problems. And he's telling the people, make this revelation plain on tablets so that people can run with it and know it. And we, as New Covenant, New Testament people, we know that the ultimate revelation of God to us is Jesus. Jesus is the perfectly clear image of the invisible God. If you wanna know what God is like, you look to Jesus. So number three is this, the solution is Jesus. We're dissatisfied with the present reality and we know the answer. It's all about Jesus. Many, many things have been said about Jesus. Things have been done in Jesus' name that should not have been, but the truth about Jesus still changes everything. He is the revelation. And therefore, here at Graceland Church, number four, our vision is following Jesus, period. That's what we are about. That is what is first and foremost in our hearts and minds, why we are doing all this. When Jesus was calling his first disciples to follow him, he would say, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And sometimes we get it twisted as Christians and those of us that are in church for a while. I certainly grew up in church and had this misunderstanding. We think this, if I become a fisher of men, then I'll be a good follower of Jesus. And we get the order completely twisted about our vision. And that's why here at Graceland Church, we definitely care about being fishers of men. We want to reach people. But you know what really our vision is? Following Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, he will make us fishers of men. When you get the order wrong, you try really hard to accomplish things and you get discouraged and you get exhausted and you do it outside of God's power. What we are called to is the person of Jesus Christ. That's our vision. That's the highest calling of my life. It's the highest calling of your life. I, I share this with um, people that are starting companies and pursuing you know, record deals and entering into all kinds of things and their vision for their family. If we could just understand and get rock solid in place, our highest calling always is following and knowing Jesus. Our highest vision always is following and knowing Jesus. Then we won't live or die on the, on the success or the failure of what's happening with our secondary vision, right? We can stay intact before the Lord. We can walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit no matter what is happening circumstantially because we know our primary vision. And then once we get that vision in place of following Jesus, he turns our heart towards our neighbor. So number five, and the second part is our vision is loving our neighbor. Look at what Jesus said when they asked him the greatest commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then he made this remarkable statement. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. That's unbelievable. He said, this is what it is all about always. I'm a big believer that we as pastors and, and church leaders, we don't have to develop all these great new vision statements and, and try to get all the best language. Here's our vision statement. God has given it to us. This is the primary commandment and all the law and the prophets hang on it. So I'm telling you, if you're wrestling with anger towards people, if you're wrestling with rage or even hatred towards people, because I really believe what's happening in our culture right now is stirring up frustration and anger and accusations in people who didn't even have it so much before. It's stirring it up in us a lot of times. I can tell you it's happening for me. I'll just talk about myself. I was listening to a podcast this week of some people talking about some cultural challenges right now, and I got steaming angry. 
I just got really, really angry about it. At the person I was listening to, I had to stop it. And um, I went in to do some other stuff. I, I confessed to some people how I was feeling. You don't, you are not called to live with a culture of rage in your own heart as a follower of Jesus. You are called to freely love people, non-defensively. This is what Jesus did. And if you're wrestling with that, let me encourage you, go back to the first part of the vision, following Jesus. Bring your life before him and allow him to soften your heart towards people. And do not hear me wrong. It doesn't mean we just flop over. I'm not talking about flopping over on cultural issues. I'm not talking about changing our theology at all. I'm talking about what's in our heart towards people. We have to guard that. So following Jesus and loving our neighbor. And then number six, our vision is the good of the city. Jeremiah 29, 7 when the people of God were in exile in Babylon, one of the commands they received was this, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So we are in a place right now as Christians, and if you're not a Christian, you'll get a chance to put your faith in Jesus today in your heart. We are in a situation as Christians right now, we, we are not yet in our ultimate home. We're not yet in the place where we fully settle. God says in his word that he's gonna make a new heavens and a new earth that's gonna be our eternal dwelling. So we're in a culture that is not yet transformed to be the kingdom of God. Therefore, we are like the people of God in exile in Babylon. And I believe part of what God says is us, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it. If it prospers, you too will prosper. And this is also part of how we love our neighbor. I am praying that we will be the kind of church that if we shut down, our city will miss us. Right? That's why we do things like Fall Festival. That's why we do things like partnering with Grace Works. Uh, the ultimate good of this city is revival and spiritual awakening. That's our ultimate prayer. But when we put these three things together, it's where we get this statement that we cling to, following Jesus and loving our neighbor for the good of the city. This is what we're about here at Graceland Church. And I would submit it's really what Jesus has called us all to. You can add different kinds of language to it, but this is the heart of it. And the way we specifically see that shaking out here at Graceland Church is that we would be a diverse and enduring church, meaning diversity in every sense of that word, but a generational diversity. We wanna be a cradle to the grave church. You know what I'm talking about? We wanna have diversity in socioeconomics. We believe God has called us to diversity culturally, and we wanna be an enduring church that lasts. We don't wanna be a flash in the pan, and we wanna focus on the mission of God in other words, what he has called us to, and we know he's part of what he's called us to is to build this land of grace. He's blessed us with this facility, this land, another 135 acres, and he has called us to develop this community for the good of our city. Our prayer is that we would, be, we would get to build this community that is a land of grace for the good of our city. And the practical thing I'm encouraging you guys to do if you're a part of this church, and if you're not a part of this church, you can hop right in. Uh, you can jump in and, and, and become a part of us immediately. The practical four things that we do are gather, which is number seven in your notes, scatter, serve, and give. What we mean by gather is we join faithfully, like what we're doing right now, with the church family for worship. There's nothing that replaces a bunch of voices like this that love Jesus and are seeking him singing out in worship and prayer. Who's with me? That is an incredible thing. Watching the screen at home does not replace that. Anybody with me? Like we want to be in God's presence and the presence of one another. So we commit to gathering. We also commit to scattering, meaning we're not just the church while we're here or while we're in a community group. We're the church when you go to work tomorrow. 
We're the church when I'm out in downtown Franklin doing whatever on Tuesday. And so we need to intentionally be the church on mission when we are scattered. Three is serve. We invite all of you guys to be a part of what God's doing here. I'm a big advocate of take up responsibility within the church family because it's part of what keeps you connected. Have you guys noticed that? It's good to take on some responsibility and then give. We invite you guys, not just financially, but of course finances are part of that. Give of yourself, give of your resources, your talent, your time on this mission together. Before I close the message, a few important dates about the end of this year and the beginning of 2023, which first of all, can you believe we're about to start 2023? We're there. If, if you are someone that serves here at the church, even if you just joined a team, you might have only served one time, or if you join a team between now and this thing, I wanna invite you to our team appreciation Christmas dinner. It's, you know, it's gonna be somewhere between 100 and 150 people that we're gonna do a banquet style thing in this room, cater the dinner, our staff's gonna do some fun, silly stuff together, and we want you to make sure you mark that date because we, we love you, we are thankful for how you serve, and we appreciate you, and you gotta get there. It's one of the best things we do every year. I also wanna give you a preview of our Christmas offering. Hear me, we're not taking an offering today, but for those that are part of this church family, this is part of our vision. I wanna share this with you. This year, our goal is 120,000 to raise before the end of this year, specifically by Christmas. That's a miracle goal for us. Four years ago, when, when we started here, when my family and I got here, yeah, I think it was 15 or 20,000, then it was 35, last year it was 60, and this year, prayerfully, we believe this is the number for us. Here's the four things it'll go to. It'll completely eradicate our building debt, 60K. I think we can do that. That's gonna be amazing. It will also go towards our benevolence fund for the next year. What that means is this is the fund that allows us to give people food when they're in need, provide things like gas or groceries, and send people to counseling with, with good Christian counselors when they're in crisis. It's an amazing part of what we get to do. Number three is our recovery fund for next year. We have an incredible base of really beautiful recovery ministry happening at Graceland Church. You saw our recovery ministers up here today. We believe God has called us to be a hospital for the sick. There's just no other way around it. Have you ever realized that sick people, and that when, you, when we're really struggling, and we've all been in this phase before, we don't have a lot of money to give back to whoever is helping us, right? And we believe that we should be helping those that can do nothing for us. So the way that we are building into this fund for the next year is with part of, the, part of our Christmas offering. Who's with me and agrees that it's worth investing into recovery ministry in the life of the church? Absolutely. The fourth thing is our expansion design on this building and our master planning for all of our 135 acres. So what we're praying through right now with an architect and what we're designing with a vision team here at the church is, of course, we have this building here and imagine an L shape going this way from here so that the kids being out there will be gone. We'll build a new uh, multi-purpose, probably 500 seat sanctuary right there. This will all be retrofitted for our kids and youth ministries and classrooms and it'll kind of L shape the pond. And uh, we'll have the first... Um, you know, designs on that to show you before Christmas because we're working on them right now. And then we're master planning our land as well. And we believe God has called us, yes, to facilitate the church growth. That's gonna be part of it. But we're getting to design a community kind of like a Berry Farms, to, just to give you a picture. And it's gonna be along 65 and 840. We have that land on that intersection. And we're gonna, we're gonna serve the underserved of our city through the land. We'll be a light on the hill in this city. And, and the way we're gonna do that is partner with nonprofits that are already here doing beautiful work because a lot of these nonprofits are getting edged out from their facilities because of all the rising costs. We're also gonna do strategic long-term investment. We're not sure what it's all gonna be yet, but we have a lot of commercial acreage as well. And then our church is gonna be right in the middle of all that. Doesn't that sound amazing? We get to build that together for the next 
however many decades, and serve the generation that comes after us, the land of grace for the good of the city. Christmas Eve, we're gonna do one giant Christmas Eve service. It's risky. We're gonna put an extra like 120 to 140 chairs in the foyer in this room, and it's gonna be 4 to 5 p.m., candlelight, some special kids things, carols. I'm gonna share a Christmas message. Can't wait. And that Christmas Eve service is gonna be our only service for the weekend because Christmas Day is Sunday morning, so we're gonna do no services that morning. So come to Christmas Eve, worship with us, and then stay home on Christmas morning. Do whatever you're gonna do with your family. And then we have Lost Angels Toy Distribution, which is something we do each Christmas. Uh, the Hulays lead it. We're partnering this year also with Thompson Station Middle and Elementary. So we're gonna gather a gazillion toys and hand them out to the underserved in our neighborhood on Christmas Day. More details on that soon. And then New Year's Day, one big service at 10.30. So rather than two services, Sunday, January 1st, one family-style service at 10.30. In the new year, 21 days of prayer and fasting and compassion. January 9th to 29th, seeking God and with the money that we save from fasting. So for instance, if you fast lunch every day for those 21 days and seek the Lord, first of all, he'll transform your life. Second of all, whatever money you save that you would have spent on that lunch, we're gonna do a big offering together going towards clean water through Convoy of Hope at the end of it. Isn't that gonna be amazing? So prepare your heart for that. And the, the prayer and fasting is gonna culminate on a worship and prayer night, Sunday, January 29th, five o'clock, where I hope everyone comes and we're just gonna worship, pray, take communion. It'll be the end of the fast together. And I'm telling you, I'm expecting a powerful move of the Spirit of God in our midst. Who's with me on it? Let's let our faith rise for us. I think it's gonna be awesome. And the way we're gonna close the message today before we just worship and pray is um, the only way any of this happens with, with the breath of God on it, which in my opinion is the only way worth doing it. <laughs> the last thing I'm interested in is a bunch of church programming and a bunch of ideas that don't have the blessing and fruitfulness of God on it. You guys know what I'm talking about? I am desperate and hungry for God to show up in power in our midst, right? I am not desperate and hungry to preach a million sermons. I am not desperate and hungry to build buildings for the sake of it. We're never gonna do offerings for the sake of it. We want the power of God showing up in people's lives and changing us and transforming our city. That's what we're after. And they needed that in the book of Joshua. The people of God hit a river called the Jordan. It was overflowing season. God gave them this promise. Walk out into the river with the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. And he just didn't even tell them what he was gonna do. And then the night before it, God spoke to the people through Joshua and said this, and here's our closing word for today. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So our closing point today, and it's number eight in your notes, is our role in this whole thing is to say yes to Jesus, Yes to the vision of following Jesus. Yes to the good news that he washes away our sin. He clothes us in his righteousness. And I need you to hear this point very carefully. Look at me. I know we're close to the end here. But we don't attain holiness because we try really hard. We can't live holy. We get holy because we are attached to the Lord. So when he says, be holy because I am holy, we are holy because he is holy and we have said yes to him. Tracking with me? Holiness is only from the Lord. That's the gospel. But purity and consecrating ourselves is something we are meant to take a part in ourselves after we have responded to the gospel. So we don't just say yes to the holiness of God and then walk in all kinds of terrible ways and make a mess of our lives. We've all done that before. But consecrate yourselves is not for our salvation. Consecrate yourselves is saying, commit yourself to divine purpose because tomorrow God's gonna do amazing things among you.
right? So we can, on the other side of the gospel, it's possible for us to say, nope, we're not going to consecrate ourselves. And then we don't get to be a part of it, right? Or we, on the other side of the gospel, we can say, yes, we are going to consecrate ourselves as individuals and as a church family, and we're going to let our faith rise because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among us. And so I just want to invite you, along with us, to consecrate yourself. Let's have the worship team come on up. Come on up. We're going to sing this song again that says, oh, praise the name of the Lord most high. If you could stand with me, church, bow your hearts with me, bow your heads with me. We're going to pray and we're just going to worship and then we'll be closed. And kids, you're involved with this. Kids, listen up to me real quick and all the adults. If you want to respond to God's word today and if he's speaking to you, just lift your hands with me. And my eyes are closed. I'm not even going to open them. You can lift them really low if you want. You can lift them really high. It's really just about your heart. But there's something about having a physical response together. And just pray in your heart with me, Lord, I want to follow you, Jesus. I commit my life to you, Lord. I remind myself that this is the high calling. You are the vision for my life, Jesus. I want to know you more. Forgive me for running after so many other things. I want to set my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. And God, as I set that vision in place, I'm thankful that you empower me to love my neighbor, starting with those closest to me. Let me tell you guys, if you're struggling in a marriage or if you're struggling with kids or grandparents or siblings or people at school, there is miraculous power of God available to help you love them. You might be wrestling with it. You might be so angry. You might be battling deep unforgiveness, all kinds of things. I have been there many times myself. But God says to us, if you will set your eyes on me, if we'll allow him to do miracles in our heart, to remind us of how he has called us to have vision for him and for the image of God in others, he will empower you to love them with nothing needed in return. It's an undeserved love. It's powered by the good news of Jesus. It's powered by the unconditional love of God and nothing else. That person might not deserve it, but you are still called to give it because your heart needs to be free. And Lord, we together with our hands raised, we consecrate ourselves. We commit and we declare that our lives are for a divine purpose as individuals and as a church in Jesus' name. And we let our faith Rise, Come on, church, get your hopes up today because tomorrow you will do great things among us. We don't know everything you're gonna do, but you are going to move, God. You're gonna show up miraculously and meet our needs. You're gonna guide our steps. You're gonna blow our minds with things that we didn't understand. And Lord, we surrender before you today. We say yes and we consecrate ourselves. Give us a vision for a life that raises up into the holiness that you have called us to. I'm going to pray this benediction and uh, we'll be dismissed. Now to God Almighty, whose plans for us do not end in death, to our Lord Jesus Christ, who entered our world so that we might enter his, and to the Holy Spirit who works constantly in our hearts, preparing us for that great day, be all our praise and love until we meet him face to face. And may we, the church, overflow with his love to the world around us, that all may see him and know him, true love, true peace, true joy, and walk in the way everlasting. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Love you guys. Kids, we love you. Have a great afternoon.